When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Forever. and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too Carrie Miranda, Samantha Charlotte Cosmos Cheese so every single dude all the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. Hi. Hello, my dear. Hello, my dear. Who are you this week? Um, I'm probably a Charlotte. Oh, (laughs) you guys don't hate me, but I keep trying to make myself gay because I'm so disappointed in men. And so I went on a lesbian date on Sunday. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I'm not a lesbian. So Wait, was... is this when I ran into you? No. Okay. Because no. I ran into Rose on Sunday. Oh, no. I was uh, doing script notes with a friend. Oh, okay. 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 No. I was like, would I, did I almost meet your date? My lesbian date. Okay. No, we went out to dinner. And she's like perfectly lovely and funny. And we like had a good time. But like, I'm not gay. Yeah. Okay. So I felt like Charlotte because I'm like, she was like trying to make herself gay in one of those episodes. Oh, yes. Sometimes I just think the reason that once in a while, like every couple of years, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm gay is because I get so frustrated with like, I know this is sounds so stupid. Like men are not a monolith. There's amazing men. Of There's course. Like, of course. But sometimes I feel like I have this idea that like, oh, women are more emotionally intelligent yeah. and maybe it would be easier. But at the end of the day, just like you can't make yourself straight, you can't make yourself gay as much as I've tried. Yeah, so how did it, how, what was the date like? It was super nice. We went to a great restaurant. We had a great meal. She's really cool. Um, I felt kind of bad because she's like a real lesbian. Yes. And she was like yes, talking about her ex. Next question, yeah. We didn't talk before about, and the thing is, I don't feel like I'm a total fraud because I came in open-minded. Like, I was like, maybe, you know what it is also is like, I feel like I've fallen for the wrong people so many times that I tell myself, well, maybe I'm like totally, but it's not true. I don't think that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. I commend you for just going being on open. the date. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, I think she was like, so like, what was your last relationship? I'm like, oh, well, my ex-boyfriend was. And she's like, oh, well, have you really dated women? I'm like, not really. Like, have you ever had a girlfriend? No. Like, oh, wow. You know, so. Yeah. But she wasn't judgmental. She was super nice. I mean, she was cool and smart. Like, I also went on a date with a guy, a, a first date with a guy on Friday who I didn't have sparks with, but was also nice. Like my experience with online dating, I've definitely met people that I fell for hard. I've had boyfriends from online. Yes. But the majority I think of online dates for me, they're not horrible. It's super nice, attractive people that you just don't spark with because Mm. it's just 
um, there's just a million people so, and how and would also you know so many factors yeah and it's yeah. also just like and so it's certainly possible to meet someone online that you like but it's also possible just like if you were at a party and there was a lot of attractive nice people it doesn't mean that you would actually like just because someone's attractive and like has a cool job or something doesn't yeah. mean that there's like chemistry yes so that's how I felt with the guy and then with the woman yeah there was no chemistry but we still had a good time I think if I was able to just if it was like we're just friends, I would have even had a better time because I could just relax and not feel like yeah. I'm like supposed to flirt or something. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm a I'm a I'm a Charlotte Miranda blend because I'm feeling a little bit jaded about dating in LA and just feeling like I don't know. Sometimes I also go in a spiral of like, oh, I'm not this like tiny blonde, like basic. Cause I do feel like my look is more appreciated in New York. Like mm. I feel like dark hair, kind of cooler looking. Totally relate to that. It's just more New York y. And I feel like here I'm just not like the the product people are looking for or something. I like, think on the east side, it's maybe. like everybody's their maybe. own person. I feel that way. I was at all time, which is a restaurant we both both of us go to a lot. And I'm just like, everyone is so interesting looking. Like, yeah, I think maybe. it's such a mix. And then you go west, you go to like Beverly Hills or even like Venice or and it, it gets very tan and blonde. OK, well, I'm going to double down on my Miranda and say that I go to so many parties in the east side where it's like stay the on the girl, east side. Well, no, the girlfriends are still just like hot, yeah. tiny blondes. Oh, they're recruiting from I the mean, west. They, but they might be wearing like a studded belt, but like the bones of the structure are the uh-huh, same. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So anyway, I'm just having a little mini moment of just like, uh, I don't know. He's out there. God. Not she, but he. I know. He is out there. Sorry, ladies. I'll stop wasting your time. No, you're not wasting time. This is what we do. This is the podcast. Jamie, uh, did you tell me who you were this no, week? No. I'm sorry. I'm really I, spaced out. No. And Jamie, I also, who were you this week? Uh, as you said that, I was like, who am I? Um, I, I guess I was a bit of a Carrie. I was kind of all of them, but I was specifically Carrie. I feel like something I've noticed about the show Carrie's always going to like apartment parties, which is so funny because in New York, it is so hard to like party in an apartment. Oh, everybody's place is a piece of shit. Or or it's just like, even if it's gorgeous, like all new appliances, it's still teeny. Like, where do you put people? Yeah. And it's like on this show, they're constantly like cramming into bedrooms and tiny living rooms and kitchen nooks and are you busting the authenticity of this yeah well no I just so my only point is that I went to like an apartment party and it reminded me of what I see in the show was it fun it was really fun whose party was it it was a uh, a friend of mine and Dan's uh he's an agent at ICM and he had people over to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm to watch the premiere was it fun it is fucking hilarious oh i can't wait to watch oh my god is it funny holy shit i gotta watch it you will love it i was dying okay great incredible i mean he's a genius oh my god i mean what i like really kicking the season off with a bang but anyways it was very funny everyone was kind of like on top of each other and we were all like gathered around the tv and it was just like really cute that sounds adorable yeah it was adorable um man that show is so good anyways Let's talk about another HBO show. Mm, We're talking season three, episode nine of Sex in the City. This episode is called Easy Come, Easy Go. Okay. Also, by the way, guys, like strap the fuck in. Oh, yeah. Can I actually, I will say maybe one of my favorite episodes of the entire series and even more than that, this is when the series gets fucking great, in my opinion. Like I am a 
big diehard season three fan. I think it's like when we get into Big and Aiden and the crossover, that is my shit. I find it to be fascinating and the writers handled it so beautifully. And I mean, I'm sure there's holes that we will poke which is the nature of this podcast, but on <laughs> a hole, holes poking holes. Yep. That's what we do. <laughs> but no, I, I just, I remember watching this for the first time. And, and when this season started just being like, holy fucking shit, like it is getting tense. So yeah, big fan. Anyways. Yeah. This is really, I, Unlike Jamie, I have not watched the show a million times. I love the show. But so every time we watch an episode, I don't know what's coming next. So I was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. I couldn't believe that this happened so early. I was truly shocked and I'm still I'm still shocked. I can't wait to talk about it. Oof. Okay, get us into it. Okay, so things open up with a newly single Miranda stepping around a newly single Steve. He's sleeping on her couch while he looks for a new place because apartment hunting in New York is difficult. Before she heads into the office, they make plans to check out a new apartment for him together. Meanwhile, Carrie and Aiden get to work displaying his furniture at the new designer's showcase. They also do some flirty desktop making out, which is a little strange, as there are truly so many people around, including... Big and Natasha. They stop by after Aiden runs to grab coffee. Carrie suffers through explaining why she's there and what a quote-unquote booth bitch is until Aiden gets back with the coffee. When he does, Carrie introduces everyone, and we almost hear Big's real name until Carrie spills the coffee on his crotch. I was so waiting to hear that name. I know, me too. Okay, before we go on, I just need to say one thing. Yeah. Natasha's outfit is fucking stunning. Yeah, she's, that white uh, dress she's a vision. is psychotic. And Carrie's cargo pants with uh, heels is upsetting. Yeah. You know what's interesting about like that? Like ribbons and heels? Yeah, like pink ribbons? I don't know what was happening with the pants. It was like something that like Peter Pan would wear. It oh. was so, it was like a cuckoo clock. I like hated she looked it. insane. But I will say that. Of all the outfits on this show, her top, it was the most personally influential to me. What was the top again? It was a sheer white blouse <laughs> with laughing. a bright pink bra under it. Did you and pull that after move? I, yes. And actually, well, hold on. That it gets, I remember going out, going to Urban Outfitters, buying cargos. But they didn't have all the ribbons and you did not actually do. But this. I bought these cargos from Urban Outfitters. They were actually kind of cute. They had like a taper Jamie, to how them. Dare you call they were them kind of kind like of a cute. gaucho. I don't even know. You're how to making describe it worse, Jamie. Okay, okay, okay. Anyways, point is, bought the cargos and bought a see-through shirt, and then went to Agent Provocateur because they were the only place at the time that Great, sold. Though bright colored bras like no one was doing it and they had a hot pink bra and I bought the hot pink bra from Agent Provocateur spent way too much money on it and wore the outfit literally wore like the Jamie version of this outfit me you and Skylar need to scour your photos to find a pic they exist I loved it and you know what's funny the white shirt okay so I bought the cargos at Urban but the white shirt I couldn't find like the one that looked exactly (laughs) like Carrie had guess where I had to go where did you go fucking Abercrombie and Fish Jamie, I really need you to wear that outfit again. I have to find it. If we I ever do another photo shoot, it. can you wear it? Absolutely. I love it. But I, by the way, 
we don't really talk about the fashion on the show, but guys, when in doubt, when we're in a fashion crisis, I mean, a, a neon bra under a sheer shirt, I don't think that goes out of style. I think it's awesome. I actually love neon bras too. Oof, love. And like, or any color like contrast bra oh, under I a shirt. I love a bright bra that pops. Bright bra. I'm not so into sheer shirts, but I do like any shirt seeing like a pop of a bra come out. Oh, I if love, it has a cool color. I love a purposeful bra. Yeah, me too. That is not just to like lift Boots. A breast. Yes. Shout out to my grandmother who's like 89 or 90 who wears this really cute bra that is black with like little mm. diamonds on it that like pops out. Mm. Studs or something. Love that. She I love gray. a funky strap. Girl, it's so funky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so Aiden asks how Carrie knows Natasha and Big, but she keeps that long story to herself. Later, when Aiden's tied up with some off screen business, Big stops by again without Natasha. I guess Natasha's gotten busy bidding on some beige furniture. Oh, one more thing. The booth bitch thing was bizarre and not they funny. They kept saying they it. They said it a hundred times and it never got cute or funny. The flirtation lines with Aiden and Carrie make me so uncomfortable. It's so less, it's so less clever than her stuff with Big, unfortunately. It's just like, what are you saying? Like, like, I'm your booth bitch, But bitch. she was like, I'm your bitch. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> this is not funny. It's just creepy. And they kept saying it. It wasn't like a, a one line. hundred times. It was just like, because I'm your booth bitch. And then he like goes to leave and she's like, I'll be here. Because I'm your booth bitch And then he What happened Then he said Then he was attracted that time Do you remember After that he goes He was like Ooh I love it when you say it I'm like She said it like seven times And you're just now Feeling aroused by it On the eighth time It made me cringe Every time odd Guys You gotta Please It's not funny People DM us about this scene Did anyone find that hot We gotta talk about booth bitch guys Let us know how you feel Please tell us So basically Um Natasha's bidding on some beige furniture and Big is busy getting drunk and he quickly makes an ass out of himself, mocking Aiden for being really tall, which is like literally always hot, and telling Carrie that he and Natasha, Big and Natasha, are having some problems. Big's leaving his wife. Oh my God! He got drunk and told me at the furniture show. What was he doing at the furniture show? Drinking and leaving his wife. Oh my God. Well, let's just say it. You won. Was there a contest? Please, there's always a contest with an ex. It's called Who'll Die Miserable. What did he say? He said, it's not working out. And then he leaned in and said, if you know anyone who's interested. (gasps) Well, you don't know anyone who's interested. He's married, Carrie, Carrie, he's married. Charlotte, I think I'm aware of that fact. Why is he telling you? I don't know, to save postage on his newsletter. What are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. She's not going to do anything. Okay, you need to take a big breath because you're starting to bug me. How dare he say that to you? Married men never leave their wives. Even if he did, I have no intention of doing anything for two reasons. First, I have a great boyfriend. And second, I'm not insane. Mm. So let's order. What do winners order? Didn't you feel like punching him? No, it was too sad or something. I would have punched him. No, it is sad. (laughs) How long has he been married? What, seven months? Mm, The seven-month itch. Charlotte is hysterical in the scene. The fact that she takes it harder than anyone else is lols. Yeah, it's incredible. I love how she's like the marriage advocate. Like Like, she's like the poster child for marriage. She's not married yet, but just because she's like in a serious relationship all of a sudden, she's just like... I don't know. Oh, my God. She's like having a meltdown. Yeah. It's really sweet, though. I really love how. No, it's really cute. How yeah. invested she yes, is. Yes, yes. It's it's not the annoying Charlotte that we have seen prior. I feel like she's just being like really genuine and like 
trying to be loving in her own way. It's very sweet. Uh, outside of differences in furniture taste, Rose, why do you think Big and Natasha aren't working? Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, who does Big work with? I, I think Big doesn't work with anyone because to be in a relationship, you have to be willing to compromise and be there for people and sacrifice and do things for other people. And I don't think Big wants to do any of that. I think Big wants to have fun and give nothing. I think I think he enjoys having a good time with people and likes having sex and likes going out to dinner. But I think as far as like being emotionally giving, I just think his capacity is so little that I don't think there is a person that he goes Right. With. I think he is, and this is probably something that we'll see unfold as this season unfolds, but I think that it's also... You know, he's like, ah, well, you know, she loves beige everything, beige, beige, beige. And you're like, well, that's not a reason to, like, not love someone. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> who Fucking cares? furniture. Yeah, like, she seems lovely. And I think that Big, and I'm learning this from this scene, Big is addicted to drama. Drama. Yeah. He just wants what he can't have. He's he a typical wants what avoidant. He can't, exactly. He yeah, just so this wants is just, what he can't have. Because they also painted Natasha earlier as not just a pretty face. Like, she's smart. She's yes. talented. She's not just a nothing. She's no, not a she's trophy a, wife. She's a threat. She's a genuine threat because she's just great. Yeah, she's got her shit together. Um, I have a question for you, Jamie. Yes. How do you feel about a renewed Carrie and Big? Like, how do you even feel about being Big being back in, in the show right now. Like, how does that make you feel? I, well, I love it. I mean, I just love it. Wow. I love it as a plot point. I think it's so interesting. I think that it's interesting. It's interesting that she's in a smooth sailing relationship with this really talented designer who loves her. You know, she's his booth Makes bitch. me so mad. Yeah, and I think that it's, it is frustrating from a writing standpoint because they have been sweet and great Aiden and Carrie for such a small amount of time it hasn't been long enough it hasn't been long and I actually didn't notice it the first it feels so 50 fast. times I've watched the show no it, yeah it feels really really quick um so that to me is very interesting but I do think they do a decent job of like showcasing that time has passed and that they've been together a somewhat substantial amount of time um so yeah it, it's frustrating but yeah, it's so it's so interesting. It's so interesting that like right when things are settling down, he comes back into her life. And this is something that we see. It's a theme throughout the series. And it's interesting because you have to ask yourself like, well, we're talking about Big being addicted to the drama, but isn't Carrie also? And that's something we talked about two episodes ago, this notion of drama. And like, do you need drama to sustain a relationship? And I do think think that these two, they really sink their teeth into drama, but they're two very different packages. Like big is sort of obvious. You know, he's like, oh, she's boring. My wife's boring. I need someone who's not boring. And then Carrie doesn't really. It's like your wife's not boring, Yes, by the way. she's not. And she's also. Like fabulous. Exactly. And also Carrie doesn't think of herself in big terms. She's kind of like, oh, I would. He's so sad. Like she's like, oh, he's sad. I would never. And it's like. Well, you're so similar to him in so many ways, which we didn't really see in their previous relationship. We were like, fuck big. Carrie could do better. But now I'm kind of starting to see these two are kind of cut from the same cloth in a very strange way. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, which is what makes this so interesting because it's a totally different side of Carrie. There's this phrase I made up 
um, it takes two to tango. <laughs> <laughs> that's going on our Instagram for sure. And I think that's the case. And you're bringing it up. I mean, I feel really I know it's like all fictional, but I feel really sad that Big is back because it is sad. I feel like I'm watching a car crash. And I also think my own experiences, hearing stuff from friends, having friends go down paths with people that are so shitty for so long. This is like PTSD. It's like she's sitting here with her friends. This is not going to derail me. I'm not insane. And you just know with every fiber of your being, it's like, fuck, he's back. Like, so... That's a, that is really interesting. I, I like talking about it from the perspective of the friends having to be there for her during this time. And also, like, it I is feel like drain. Carrie's friend just watching the sure. show because I watch it and I'm just like, I'm sad because what what is mistaken as chemistry between Big and Carrie yep. is just unhealed trauma for both of them. Yep. And they think it's chemistry, but it's just having too low self-esteem to, mm. to 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 know that you deserve somebody who treats you well. Mm. So she has this nice thing and it's not exciting for her. It's just hard. It's just hard to watch. It is hard. And when you break it down like that, uh, yeah, you that's all of that is very true. It's sad. It's really sad. It's sad and I feel bad yeah. for Aiden and and it's it's like oh, uh I know. Yeah, it just feels it's hard to watch, too, because it's like it's how I feel about my friends. I have uh, no friends right now who are in this position, but I did for a while have friends who were in things that just upset me so much and mm. relationships with men that were just so bad and that were so destructive. And, you know, you watch TV, you feel like the people on TV are your friends. And it's how I feel about Carrie. And it's just kind of like, girl, you're so smart and you're so cool. What is going on? I know. Why is this even a pull? I mean, it's like it's he seems sexy because we're attached to the show. But really imagine seeing an ex of yours bloated and drunk and threatening to leave their wife like it is not sexy. That's like a rock bottom move, like which is why. Well, I don't want to get ahead of there, but I agree that this is not this is hands down, very clear cut. It's like you do pity him. You're like, you look like a fool. You're being terrible to your wife. You're like, we're really seeing what is wrong with Big boiled down to a single scene. Like, we're seeing like this nasty, destructive side of himself that's been there the whole time. And it's, it's like finally the real like, side. Right. It's finally out in the open. Like, we're seeing him out of control. We've never seen him like drunk and crazy. He is being that. He slams his glass of alcohol down on Aiden's furniture puts a ring on the furniture like it's just very tangible how bad he is and that is why it's such a bummer is because it wasn't like some sexy flirtation it's like no he's being disgusting and she still wants him back yeah you're completely right it, it it's it's completely true it's the first time as you say that we've seen him it not have been shit together it could have been like oh hey really good to see like it could have been some kind of moment where he wasn't even trying no, you're right but it was like, no, he he all the signs are there. He's bad. He's bad. He sucks. He's a drunk. He sucks. And it's like, mm. it's also interesting. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, I think it's almost like, oh, he does have a weakness. He's not perfect. I can finally relate oh, to him. Or something. That's interesting. Well, it's interesting. That's really interesting that on some level she's like drawn to the vulnerability or something. It's like, finally, he's being real with me. Oh, God, that's so true. Fuck. You're right. 
It's kind of interesting because there's all these studies that like women have depression much more than men, but men have alcoholism much more than women. Yes. And then at the heart of it, alcoholism is depression. Sure. It's just like not knowing no right. not knowing how to deal with your feelings. Right, and masking your feelings. And like someone like Big is like Big would never be like, I'm depressed, no. but he will have like seven scotches. Yes. And like yes. Yeah. Well, one thing that I do find interesting with them, like really trying to understand the appeal. And I think it's because I might have said this on a previous episode. I'm not sure, but you never fully know big. And that's what keeps you coming back for more. Like she it's almost like he's a conquest to try and figure out and you'll never fully figure him out. And that's why she's always it's almost like she's always on a first date with him or like a third date. Like she's never fully cracked big. So it's like their their tension will always be there because you actually can't get that close to that type of person. Yeah, you're right. I think that is the draw. Yeah, I think you're completely exactly right. And and uh, yeah, it's 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 really it's really interesting. Oh, it's about to get fucking crazy. OK, Hi everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have. A terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. So, next, Miranda heads to Steve's exciting real estate tour. The apartment he's checking out, much like his last one, looks like a prison cell, only this time it's also in a basement. But, <laughs> poor Steve. Oh, baby Steve. But it's what he can afford, so he's got to take it. Or he would, but Miranda steps in. Even though they're done, she still cares about him. She can't let him live in a basement. Charlotte and Trey catch up with Trey's mother for some get-to-know Charlotte drinks. She takes Charlotte on a tour through Trey's past, which he decides he should have some real alcohol for. But when he goes to order, his mother grabs his forearm and guides him to have some wine instead. Charlotte takes note. Trey can be controlled by a simple wrist touch. Over at Samantha's, she started seeing Adam Ball, a film editor who loves getting head, played by... Bobby Cannavale? Yeah, the best actor. And normally, Sam's a fan of giving it, but Adam's putting out some nasty stuff. I'm dating a guy with the funkiest tasting spunk. That's unbelievable. Charlotte just gets up and leaves. And she's I mean, never coming back. I mean, well, fair. I'm sorry, but who eggs. else can I talk to about this? <laughs> Might I suggest no one? You're my girlfriends. Help me. Have you ever had this problem? Not really, but I have to admit it's never exactly been a trip to Baskin Robbins. Well, this Such guy is very line. sour, like asparagus gone bad or something. Yeah. Can I cancel oh, my rice pudding? No, thanks. Beautiful guy, great in bed. It's so pudding. disappointing. It's like getting a bad bottle of Beaujolais Nouveau the first day of season. It has a lot to do with nutrition. I once dated a smoker and it affected how his tasted. They should put that on the side of the pack if they want to cut back sales. Maybe there's something he could eat to make it sweeter. Maybe you should write to Martha Stewart. Dear Martha, funky spunk. 
Help. Dear Funky Spunk, try a hint of mint. No, no, no. It's not just asparagus. It's asparagus and something else. I know. Clorox. Well, at least you'll get your whites whiter. This is serious. I almost gagged. Oh, well, that is serious. What am I going to do? Just don't give him head again. Hmm. I never even thought of that. <laughs> so what? Casual head is back now? Oh, it's fine. He's healthy and I don't swallow. Well, as long as you and the Center for Disease Control are fine with it. Of course, he just loves getting hit, but then what man doesn't? You know, if the whole cum situation were reversed, do you think that men would even get anywhere near the stuff? Well, maybe, if it tasted like beer. <laughs> that is the worst joke. Oh, my God. All of the entire... I didn't even notice that when I watched it. Now I'm like, whoa, how did I miss that? If it tasted like beer, L-O-L-O-L-O-L. Yeah. I don't think so. No. Um, this is such a funny episode. Funky tasting spunk is the funniest phrase. It's like sounds like a jazz I want to say it all the time. Funky tasting funky funky, spunk. Funky spunk. Funky tasting spunk. Jamie and the spunk. funky spunks. Yeah. It's a really funny thing. And it's also funny because her natural, well, I don't know if it's put on or affected or what, but her, and it tastes like funky spunk. Yeah. Like she has this really oh, like, it's like a Beaujolais no. for end of the season or no. whatever the fuck that joke was. I was like, What? <laughs> What yeah, are you saying? I love like, you, but what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, that is so hilarious and also weirdly relatable. I mean, I can't remember if this has ever happened. It's, nothing's coming up to mind. Have you ever tasted Funky Spunk? No. No, I haven't. I actually, I'm going to say something kind of outrageous. I think it's it all tastes pretty similar. Okay, you don't have to answer, obviously, but do you swallow? No. I but have. we talked about this. We've I have. talked about this. I think I have... I honestly can't you spit remember. Into a, what do you do? You spit it I out. I just in the like, sink? oh, I'm very blatant. I'm just like, you just like, I dash them. off to the bathroom. <laughs> I love that you dash. Yeah. I swallowed once with this uh, guy that I dated a couple of years ago, and he was like, whoa. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh you're the god. first person that's ever. Oh my god. He, like, he, you're like David Blaine. I was he's like, like Don't how make did me you feel do like a that? whore? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you can, great. Like, I wish I could. Oh, you mean I, you would I, just vomit? Yeah, I don't do it. I don't, I don't not, like, my reason for not swallowing is because I'm like, it, it It just, I just not happening. I just can't do it. That's like, fine. But I wish that I could. I, I don't know. It's it fine. It just feels more efficient. But it's like, I definitely have to, like, not breathe while I do it. I don't want to, like, smell oh, it. God. <laughs> yeah. I've always I've said it I I've said it before I'll say it again it always it tastes like butter and chlorine. How do you know what it tastes like if you're not swallowing it? Because it's tongue. in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it tastes like. It's been a while since I gave oh, a blowjob. <laughs> I mean, it is like yeah. I don't. What do you think of Miranda's hypothetical? The whole like if the cum situation were reversed, would men get near it? Yes, of course they would. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, like yes, of course. Yeah, I feel like that was just a setup for the beer joke, but like it's just like not worth the no setup. because it's they 100 <laughs> delete would. both lines. No, it could taste terrible. It could literally taste like a pile of shit, and they'd be like, "Yeah, I'll do it." I mean, people eat each other's asses. Yeah, eating ass is like the new thing. Do you do it? No, <laughs> I mean eating ass. That's what I'm saying. It's like the new thing. Here's the thing. It's actually not new, but it's just new. It's like I feel since like, like ancient realms. I feel like it's new in that. Now it's like becoming a thing. It's Here's like a thing. punchline I'm hearing a lot on stage right now. A lot of comedians are talking about it. Like it's in it's in the zeitgeist. I'm going to set the scene of it happening for me. Shower. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Shower. Buttholes yeah. are shaved. Yeah. Nobody's eaten anything oh, for two wait. weeks. You, you're saying this is your ideal? This is the or way this that happened. it would have to happen. It didn't happen. No, it has never okay. happened. Okay. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. 
You've only had water for 48 hours. Yeah. Your butthole is shaved. My butthole is shaved. I've only had water for 72 hours. Butthole shaved? Yeah, no hair anywhere. Don't we mean waxed? Shaved, obviously. Because it's me prickly. Okay. Yeah. There's never been a hair on there for anybody. Never. And then there's like like a 20-minute soap area. (laughs) (laughs) And then with like tons of water on my mouth, I gargle and I do it and then see how it goes. Okay. I would. Can I just take your scenario? Because everything you laid out is. Would you do that if it was that? That's exactly how I would have to do it. Yeah, I have to copy that. Or we both go to like the Korean spa and get like a butt facial or something, and then so do our partners. And yeah, butt facial, bleached, hairless. Yeah, like a colonic where like the inside of our intestines are now like strawberry cheesecake. I was just gonna say like pumped with like almost like a hookah smell. Yeah, we, we literally sit on a hookah. Yeah, I, yeah. The hookah goes up our assholes, and they pumps pump um like grape scented. Yeah, it, it tastes like a vape, like a yeah. flavored vape. It's just like a Jolly Rancher up there. Okay, guys. So now you know how to get into our butts. Yeah, hot tip. Okay, so oh god, back at her place. steamy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Back at her place, Miranda gets the first sign that she and Steve are really done. Also, Miranda's hair is at its goosiest in this episode. I think the she, goose is loose. She looks. I I don't know if I've ever seen her look as David Bowie as she does. David Bowie in has this. a goose. Yeah, on the farm. Okay, so oh, when Miranda's checking her voicemails, she gets a message from a random woman looking for him. Steve, the cute bartender, is back to picking up cuties of his own. So sad. Carrie checks her voicemail, too, and would you believe it? Big called. He wants to follow up on his drunken tirade, so if she could call him back, that would be great. Carrie invites Miranda over to get her take on what his message means. They cannot decide. When Miranda leaves, Carrie calls Big. Turns out, Big isn't leaving Natasha after all. It would cost too much, too much money, too much trouble, too much everything. So Carrie should just forget what he said. Thanks for the latest emotional roller coaster, Big. Oh, typical. Later, Aiden and Carrie are in bed when he notices her apartment's kind of a wreck. Handy guy that he is, he offers to strip her floors and fix her ceiling free of charge. Samantha and Adam head to a juice shop to flush the weirdness out of his jizz with wheatgrass. (laughs) Adam's not really into the whole eating green things thing, but he tries it. Unfortunately, when they give head a go later, Sam's still not happy. Adam may be unfixable. His attitude about like going to a juice place is so 90s. He's like, what the fuck is this? Where's the meat? It's like so stupid. Yeah. No, he, well, and something happens later. He's definitely like afraid of seeming gay. Oh, yeah. There's a line later. I don't know if we cover it in the That breakdown. being said, green yes. juice is delicious, but wheatgrass is horrible. I've never had wheatgrass, It actually. doesn't taste good. Yeah. Charlotte and Trey head to dinner, and she gives his mother's forearm trick a try. And guess what? It works. Eager to see just how much power she has, Charlotte even floats the idea of getting married while gripping that arm, and somehow it works too. Trey says, all righty, and that's that? He becomes her fiancé, and Charlotte's a little bit freaked. She heads to Carrie to talk it over, but she can't make much sense of it either. And Miranda wakes up to her and Steve's dog barking at her door. Steve should have taken him out, so Miranda heads into her living room, ready to ask what the hell 
Only when she gets there, there's no Steve. He's out with the rando who left the voicemail. The next morning, they have one last this is it conversation and they really seem to be done. When Aiden gets down to putting Carrie's place back in order, she can't get any work done over all the noise. Her, the way she talks to him is so rude when he's like fully fixing her apartment. She's like, I can't finish anything. I'm like, bitch, go to a coffee shop. Yeah. He's fixing your fucking, it was so entitled. So rude. That I did not like. But she take, she's clearly stressed about things. I know, but if somebody does that, I it's I crazy. Agree. I agree. She takes off to a hotel for some peace. Charlotte and Trey celebrate their impromptu engagement with a little stop off at Tiffany's. For Charlotte, some jewelry turns their unromantic engagement romantic again, and they're all good. When Samantha and Adam get together one last time, Sam is not excited to get his funky tasting spunk in her mouth. She does what she can to avoid going down on him, but she has to come clean. When he doubts she could be telling the truth, she makes him try it. He refuses to call it gross, but, well, it's gross. Sam suffers through it one last time, but it's clear they're done. Right as Carrie finally gets down to work, she gets a call. It's big. He's followed her to the hotel. What are you doing? You're calling my house? You're, you're, you're following me to hotels? Could you please sit down for one minute and listen to me? Please, one minute. You know, I don't have time for this. I have a boyfriend and a deadline, and you have a wife and apparently a drinking problem. I'm not drunk. Then what is your excuse? Will you slow down? I can't think. I was an asshole to you on the phone the other day. Yes. When I said I was leaving, you didn't say anything, so I got nervous, so I... So what? So I don't know. You know, this has to stop this. The, the flirting and the and the jerking me around and the calling my boyfriend. He doesn't know about you, and I don't want him to ever know about you. Why is that? Oh, go lay in your beige bed. He's following her. Carrie, wait, wait. I haven't explained this very well. Now, wait a minute. Listen, the thing is... I miss you. Too bad. Do not come in here. Don't follow me in here. I have to talk to you. What? What is it? What is it you have to say? I made a mistake. Fuck you. I love you. You. My mind was yelling how angry I was. But my heart... My heart. God. Also, Carrie rarely swears. She, they all, everyone else does. No, Charlotte, not really. But every, I feel like there's a lot of fucks in the show. She does not. I think they actually made a point in a later episode where they talk about how she doesn't really swear. She doesn't swear. So for her to say fuck me is like big for this show. I'm just reeling. I know. That scene is. Maybe the most dramatic scene of the whole series. I mean, it, there's so much. It is so layered. The writing's great. I mean, the acting's great. It's like acting's just great. thinking that we're just sitting here listening to it. We're not even watching it. We're just getting clips of it. And it's like giving me chills. I know. And oh God. you know what I'm thinking just hearing it besides how gut-wrenching it is, is how 
our sense of courtship and love and romance is so influenced by this narrative that is in every single romantic comedy and movie, which is you tell a guy you don't want him and he busts open the doors. He Mm -hmm. makes you want him. He chases you. He drags you down. And finally you're like, I do want you. And then you fuck. And it's like the fact that we equate that with romantic is so odd. I guess maybe it's, why do you think that that is considered so sexy to have somebody have you be like, no, no, no. And somebody saying, yes, it has to be me. I mean, these days it wouldn't even be on TV because it would be too Me Too-ish. I know. That's what I kept thinking. But what do you think it is about that? He kind of like assaults her with flirtation. It's very, it's very complicated. But then again, it's fucked up to say in this climate, but like there is I'm sorry, but people. No, I know. When I know it's what somebody you're that say. you like, of course, and somebody of course. that you want to fuck, of course, being a little bit sometimes somebody being like, I can't resist you. Yeah, within no, of bounds, of can be hot. Yeah, I'm not saying and people want to be raped. Obviously, uh, no, no, no. I know exactly what you mean, and that's why I didn't. Within ju- reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, why do they? Why do you want that? I mean, why I do think, people make chasing sound I so think romantic? That well, in this case, she was chasing him. I think it actually is quite simple. It's the first time he's ever really been like, it's you. You're the one. I love you. Like, he says, I love you. And I think that... It's so toxic for people to use that. Yes. But her deepest, deepest fantasy, regardless of Aiden or whoever else, her deepest fantasy is for him to love her. Yeah. Period. That's it. Yep. And he says it, he gives it to her. Not only does he want to give it to her, he wants to blow up his current situation for her. So it's like it's a huge ego boost. Everything. Yes, it's a huge All those ego boost. He did boost. To, to to hurt you. Now he's it's such a hard scene because everything she's ever wanted to hear, he's saying now, but people who are either in relationships like this have been or will be in the future, there's a it's a toxic relationship if somebody waits to yep. rock bottom to say everything you want and you've moved on. If you've moved on and then somebody calls you up and says all the things you want, fucking run. Because yep. they're saying it now and then you're going to get back together and it's just going to be just what it was before. It doesn't fucking change. In high school, I've talked about my high school boyfriend, Trent, who devastatingly, he broke up with me and then started dating this girl, Kim. And I, I think I mentioned that I would I was so obsessed with the fact that he ended up with this girl. Like I would literally sit outside of his house and just like like be in my car and like watch in my rear view mirror for him to come home. Like I was like full on stalker. I was so heartbroken. At one point I said, you know what? I'm done. Like I have to move on. I know this is a high school relationship, but no, still, it's fine. still it's applies. Relevant. It's the same theme. I was like, I'm absolutely done. I'm tired of feeling like shit. I'm tired of focusing on the fact that he's in this new relationship. It was particularly hard because the girl went to my school and so I had he would like come and have lunch with her and he didn't go to our school. So it was just like it was a nightmare. The crossover was really hard. Anyways, point is I was like making a point to just get over it. The second that I was like, I'm done, he started calling me more and like kind of coming back into my life and he would leave these voicemails and he would come over to my house and he started doing the big thing. Like truly trying to pin me down. Well, you smelled and that you were I over it. I loved it. I loved it. I would like purposely like see that he was calling and not answer. I was like, ooh, what kind of voicemail is he going to leave? I would like 
like if he like rang my doorbell, I would be like, mom, like say I'm not home. Like I was obsessed with the chase. I didn't want it to end. And then the second I like let him back into my life, it was over. It was just over. He just wanted that. That's the thing that's really upsetting about this. Yeah, it, it is. And it's uh, now that we're watching it in this show on a much more adult scale. It's the same thing. It is the same thing. Yeah, I was thinking about that whole like, why from like the dawn of film and television have we been fed an image that the hottest thing a guy can do for you is chase you and wear you down? And I think it's the same thing as the rape fantasy that some women have. I think it's the same thing. And I think it comes from even though it totally is not PC and like plays against consent, I think the reason why there is a narrative that a man chasing you and not taking no, you no for an answer, my hypothesis is that the reason why that can be considered, that has been the standard for what's hot for a guy to do. Yeah, we even have a term for it. We call it irresistible. Yeah, I think Which sounds like, ooh, irresistible. It's like, yeah. no, that actually just means like they won't leave you the fuck alone. Yeah, I think the reason why that has become like the standard for the hottest thing a guy could do is, again, I'm drawing a parallel to the rape fantasy is because it's drawing this parallel to this idea that like you are so fucking hot and amazing and incredible that someone cannot yeah they can't take, you're irresistible no. yeah right and I think that's an ego thing and I guess there's also this idea that that having to tell someone no all the time I guess it's like it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is this just something that people have been doing so socially and then it became what's hot or the other way around? But then for men who are very goal-driven and accomplishment-driven to hear no, yeah. maybe that's hot to be like, oh, I'm going to yeah, change it. That's Well, also in this in this situation, they're both getting off on it. They're both getting off on it. They're love. He's loving the no- and she's loving that he's trying to pursue her so hard. And, and she's like, stop calling my boyfriend. Stop that. It's like, it's like bitch. obviously incredibly hot, but you love it. You're checking your voicemail. You're having your friend come over to analyze your fucking voicemail. You love it. It's so sad. It's so You're sad. You're spending time on it. You're involving your friends in it. You love it. You love it. Yeah, it's fucking and sad. And I think that is part of what contributes to this being sad is that we're watching Carrie is so in denial and sometimes most of the time I feel like she's a pretty like self-aware protagonist that we're kind of like watching life through a little bit and in this case you're just truly watching her like like you said like you're her friend just watching her blow up her life you're watching a car crash I know it's crazy yeah. I mean that scene is so crazy it's like it just makes you realize that Aiden and her never had crazy chemistry. I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but even the way she talks to him. He doesn't like to do anything. He's he's. I fine. don't think they have a lot in common. No, he's kind of like this sweet, like burly woodworking guy who really moved to New York to like be an artist and carries like a quote unquote artist. But really, she just like writes a sex column and like goes to events a lot. Like she loves the, the scene girl, of yeah. New York. Yeah. And Big also understands the scene. Big goes to all the same shit she goes They're to. They're much more similar Very socially. Similar. Yes. I mean we've heard from people, even fans of the show, that they like there are people who say that Carrie is annoying, that she's self-centered, that she's immature. Some people do not like Carrie. 
And I understand in this episode where some of those seeds are being planted. Yes. But I think that's judging her a little harshly because, like, let's look in the mirror. Have you truly never picked the bad guy? Have you truly never? Rose, I mean, come 100%. On. This is people are, I think Love there's a level, there's also a level of threat when you watch this because it could, hopefully it won't, and hopefully it doesn't or in the future won't or hasn't happened to you in the past. It could happen to anyone. Of course it could. This is And it so does all the time. Ter- it's terrifying how relatable this whole relationship, love triangle, it's all very relatable. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? It's interesting because just now you and I were talking and you were saying like her and Aiden don't have a lot going on. And it's kind of like, I'm going to just drop a bomb here. It's not really bigger Aiden. It's just bigger somebody better. It's like, yeah. it's like you know what? It's okay. Here's something. This is really weird. But just because somebody's good to you and loves you if you aren't in love with them like what can you do um you definitely should be with somebody who's good to you but you can't force yourself to be in love with someone so if Aiden is not the guy fine but big is certainly not the guy like you need more sparks and banter and rapport than she has with Aiden but right you also need more of like a good relationship you get what you're ready for. And it's like, yes. she's just not ready for something real. It's true. Okay, Rose, wrap us up. So the episode wraps with Big and Carrie in bed, sharing a cigarette just like they used to. Ruh-roh. We got a cheater on our hands, and her name is Carrie Bradshaw. Which brings us to the question of the episode. It's a pretty common belief that women tend to use the left, more emotional side of their brain, and men, the right, more logical side. But is it really that cut and dry? It seems that when it comes to affairs of the heart, there's a battle between what we know and what we feel. So what do you do when you find yourself in a situation that leaps back and forth between the left and the right side? When it comes to relationships, is it smarter to follow your heart or your head? Mm. What a question. What do you think, Jamila? (sighs) I mean, definitely, oh man. It's tricky to answer that when it when we're relating it back to Carrie because in this case I'd be like use your head. But <laughs> I don't it's actually a really brilliant question of the episode and I think yeah it makes me sort of like like all of this that's happening more because I know that the writers are like we know it's fucked up. Like we know it's bad. We know it's hard to watch. It's like a nice acknowledgement of, well, this is what we're going for, is to like basically set up this sort of philosophical debate. Yeah, it's really, really tough. Um, I think that the true, okay, this is like being a politician and not answering the question, but like diverting it. But I think the goal is that your head and your heart are aligned. Sure. Because you can't follow either one of them If it's just one, like if your heart wants something that's truly bad for you, you can't follow it. But if your head wants you to like fall in love with someone that you truly don't, you can't. They have to be aligned. So I think the answer to this question is, or rather another way to look at this question is people have to get to a place where they have enough self-esteem and self-worth and self-love that their head is their heart, that the person that's good to you is also the person you love. That's my little two cents. I think that's. Great. And I think that is true. I mean, I, 
Yeah. It's also interesting that the question says, is it smarter to follow your heart or your head? Because smarter implies head. I think you can't do one or the other. It has to be both. You're not going to have a good relationship. Yeah. uh, Right. No, absolutely. I mean, and especially as it applies to this episode. Yeah. I mean, you would hope that the checks and balances of your emotional system would tell you like you can't you just can't do that but i have definitely been in situations where i'm like this is so stupid but it's really fun yeah of course and it's fucking satisfying on a sort of right now level like i think that your heart allows you to sort of be present which is like the one cool thing that your heart does is like your heart's like, you're living your life right now. You're going to die someday. Like, your heart's pretty existential. And then I think your head is more like, take your time. You know, you've got time. Figure it out. It's all about timing. And it's like, well, not necessarily, you know? Like, ideally, like, what you're saying is that they align and there's a balance of both. But, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> The, these episodes are so, I mean. I know. They're getting so fucking they good. They are so good. I know. So much drama. Oh, okay. So we end each episode of this podcast. Um, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? So I am horny for my um, my. Th- Buddhist counselors podcast. Oh, he's um, a podcast. Yeah, it's free. Fabulous. It's amazing. The podcast is called Dharma Punks NYC, and he had a really, really great um, episode about New Year's. But basically, he has these great podcasts where he talks for half an hour and gives a Dharma talk, and then he leads you through a guided meditation. And some of the episodes that are great, the most recent episode was called A Healthy Balance, Love Versus Codependency and Enmeshment, which was very relatable for me because I have a codependent enmeshed mom. So that was really helpful. He had a really good one on the um, I'm just going to read you like the, the names of the episodes just to give you guys a sense of like what these episodes are about. Interacting skillfully with irrational people. Oh, nice. Thoughts on setting boundaries and stating needs. Addressing learned helplessness, fatalism, resignation, resilience, bouncing back from setbacks and going with the flow, um, a balanced nervous system, stress versus shutdown versus well-being. So his stuff is all like insanely inclining the mind towards secure attachment, chronic stress, causes and relief. Hmm. The thing that I like about it is he talks about a problem and he always gives a solution. Oh, that's so nice. And then he gives a meditation where it's like, if you do this meditation often, like this problem will get resolved. So I think that his stuff is amazing. And I kind of feel amazing that like, I happen that my like therapist happens to be somebody I'm a giant fan of. (laughs) Yeah. That's so, great. So that's my recommendation. Also, I love uh, that your therapist has a podcast. I wish every therapist had a podcast. It's great. I mean, technically, he's a Buddhist advisor, but I really recommend scrolling through. He has talks on everything from jealousy to self-doubt, self-esteem oh, to I'm body image. To that tomorrow. Everything. And then I would recommend doing the meditation. Um, Jamie, uh, what are you horny for? Uh, I'm also horny for a podcast. I just started listening to it. It's a podcast called That's So Retrograde, and it's hosted by two very funny women, and 
It's I just think if you like this podcast, it kind of has a, it's a similar vibe, you know, smart, funny, you know, I'm just giving us all the compliments. Tell us how smart and funny. Yeah, we are. I mean, please. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, oh, and it's hosted by Elizabeth Cott and Stephanie Simbari, and they interview an extensive roster of wellness experts, skincare specialists, therapists breakup coaches sort of in line with what Rose was saying about her therapist podcast. This feels like a nice companion piece to that. Okay. Well, that is the end of our episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Love you, James. Love you so much. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to couldn't help but wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBW pod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. Nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew, ew, ew.